All right, so today we have on uh, Bryce. How do you say your last name, Bryce? Krawczyk. Krawczyk, okay. I've, yeah. I've butchered it a few times in my life. That's um, right, so have most people. <laughs> you probably know him from YouTube or uh, Instagram as Calgary Barbell, but uh, you recently got a new Instagram, Bryce CBB. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's a big deadlifter in Canada, and we're going to talk to him about lifting heavy things. So, uh, give your, give yourself a little bit of a brief intro or, and, uh, tell them, tell them a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so I am a Canadian powerlifter. Uh, I've been competing since 2012, so about seven years now. Um, I've been fortunate enough to experience a, a pretty decent level of success in the sport, both, uh, classic and equipped. So I've held a, a world record deadlift in either. Um, won some medals at uh, IPF Worlds, both raw and equipped, and um, uh, coach and owner of Calgary Barbell, which is a, a coaching company where we uh, not only work on online coaching relationships with athletes, but uh, do our best to put a lot of informative content on YouTube. Awesome, man. And uh, <laughs> your your YouTube channel is like pretty, it's, it's blown up quite a bit, like... Uh, I've been watching your YouTube for probably, well, since you did Power Surge, uh, a couple years ago. Okay. I did yeah. that. I did that meet. That was my second meet. Um, I'm from BC, but I flew out to Edmonton to do that meet because there wasn't any meets um, before I would turn junior. I was sub junior at the time, and so I went and did that meet, and I saw you, and I think that was your first equipped meet, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was like two out of three equipped. I didn't squat in my yeah. suit, but I benched and pulled in my in my equipment, yeah. And I think you went for the first 800-pound deadlift then, right? Yeah. That was my first attempt, yeah. I remember I made like a brief little cameo in your in your video. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, there I am. That was funny. Awesome. But, uh, but yeah, um, you're a guy that I've been watching for, for quite a long time in, you know, in Canadian cool. powerlifting, and a lot of people... Uh, a lot of people watch your stuff on on YouTube, and you probably get that a lot at meets, eh? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's really cool because people seem to want to want to say hi and want to chat, and uh, more recently even like take pictures and stuff, which is kind of <laughs> uh, like an interesting experience for me. It's not something that I I don't think I'll ever get used to. <laughs> Star um, power, but it is it's pretty cool. Pretty cool to have a bunch of people want to say hey. All right on, man. So uh, you know you've been. Uh, you're at nationals, and that was your last meet, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Nationals in uh, in Ottawa would have been my most recent competition. And uh, how did that go for you? Happy with the results? Uh, National champion happy. again? <laughs> uh, I'm happy with my bench and my deadlift. Okay. Um, my squats. I like it was my first comp- my first equipped competition uh, in quite some time, and just like big brain fart. <laughs> rookie mistake just like i wrapped my knees probably five minutes too early that's like and <laughs> like for my first attempt i walked out and you know I, I got them wrapped and was like oh man i'm really far out still this is not good and debated whether or not okay should i take these off and then rewrap or what do i do and i was like i'll be fine i'll be fine i'll be fine <laughs> so i sat there sat there sat there like tried to move around keep my calves moving a little bit and then right before they called my name, I was like, well, can't feel my calves or feet oh, at this point. Christ. So I was like, whatever, I guess, I guess well, this is why the openers are light. Full send, baby. Uh, so <laughs> went out and like 
fell back into the rack, re-racked it again, or sorry, unracked it again. Um, <clears throat> managed to walk it out. Couldn't set my stance because I couldn't like lift my feet properly. <laughs> and then uh, squatted it, but it was a little bit high. And if I would have had to hold it for another half a second to walk out, I probably would have fallen over again. So <laughs> that didn't go super well. I would have liked to have been able to take a much bigger jump on my second squat, but uh, still ended up with a decent day, two and a half kilo total PR. Uh, 20 kilo bench PR. Awesome. And uh, attempted the old, the old 400 there. So she yeah. didn't quite go, but we'll be back for that. It was close, man. That was fucking close. Everyone yeah, everyone was fired up for that one. Um, but yeah, I was in the same flight as you and John Wesley Cummins, mm-hmm. who's another BCPA lifter. Uh, we were sitting yep. there and we were like, uh, you know, we were getting ready to wrap our knees and stuff. And and I noticed that you rapped before me and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like what? And John Wesley and I looked yeah. at each other. We were like, what, like, what is he doing? Like, okay, maybe yeah. he does it in training, whatever. And, and then, uh, That's what I was doing. but it just goes to show you, man, like you're, you're like a very high, high level lifter, elite lifter. Right. And, and you can even make mistakes at, at a high level. Right. And that's, that's uh, man. that's something that young lifters can can take from and learn that you're never going to not make mistakes but you can uh you can rebound pretty solid and you came out yeah. and smoked it on your second and went up on your third and got your third and yeah um, so i ended up i think five kilos shy of my my best squat and There's uh plenty more there but uh oh, yeah. it just the way the jumps worked out it's yeah like you said it's kind of about how you can how you can come back from those things not uh you know expecting to never make those mistakes absolutely like if you would have uh been a bit of a more um, green less lifter and less seasoned, you may have, um, you know, really been like, holy shit, it's not there today, and and really thrown the the course of the meat off, right, the whole meat. But uh, veteran, absolute veteran move, and came back and and smoked it no problem. And you're to be honest, I was I was shook, man. Like, yeah. I got oh yeah, I got off the platform and was like, man, am I am I just like weak? <laughs> Did I get weak? Like, what's wrong with me? Because it was tough. Like, I had a hard time standing it up because I couldn't use my caps to like yeah. stabilize my weight. Yeah. And I was like, Oh God, like, was that just the wraps or am I like, did I just like blow my peak somehow? <laughs> but I ended up taking a small jump and like trying to get my head right. And it was like, it was work to, to stay mentally in it for sure. But, uh, you bounced back like a champ. <laughs> um, it worked out. And, uh, in training recently, you've been really hammering some huge squats. Like what did, what did you take? Like, you're almost uh, out squatting your deadlift now. Yeah, yeah, I squatted, <laughs> uh, squatted three eighty-two and a half. I think was my biggest uh, of the block, and ended with a three ninety-ish. Yeah, Little unstable. A, a clean three eighty-five or three eighty-two was somewhere in the block, and then a, a an iffy maybe two to one kind of. Hopefully, I got a quick down command three ninety. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can ask for, right? Yeah. But uh, the squat was, like, plenty deep and with the quickness, too, right? Like, those were – I'm excited, to see, what you, I'm excited to see what you put up at uh, Open open Worlds. Thanks, man. Me, too. So how did you get into equip lifting? And, uh, like, you got into it about three years ago now, right? Yeah, it's got to be about there. Okay. Yeah. So how did you get into it? And when you got into the sport, was it majority raw lifting or was it still that equipped single ply dominant kind of time or? I think, so one of the biggest reasons I got into equipped lifting was Shane Martin and we did this, um, like coaching conference. We did the 
it was two years in a row or so we did the like the Alberta uh, APU hosted a like a coaching summit. So we got a bunch of the provinces coaches together. Like, is it like kids? Like, you kind of you can't pick one over the other, or or do you have a preference for raw or equipped? Uh, I think that's probably like a pretty fluid preference. Um, I finished my last equipped block on Monday. I'll start a full block of raw stuff, okay. and then I'll get back into the equipment for about seven weeks leading into uh, worlds. Oh. For me, it's more about goals and and the timeline. Like right now, I'm 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 eyeing up the World Games timeline. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, uh, you know, Beat do out. what's needed to get there or not. But that's the goal right now. Beat out the Stendler. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my my big goal right now is to try to make it onto the World Games stage. So, uh, equipped lifting is is sort of the foreseeable future. You know, till till about 2021. Okay. Um, and then after that, uh, we'll see how it goes. I probably will be. Um, you know, itching to get some, some raw training and some raw competitions in by that point. Fair enough. Like, I, I know, like, uh, back in the day when, you know, guys like Ed Cohen and stuff like that were lifting, um, it was, you know, basically all, like, single-ply, but kind of shitty single-ply. Um, <clears throat> but I, I was watching a podcast, and they were, they were kind of talking about the argument that gear... Um, protected you and it created longer careers like they were talking about how guys back then had a little bit longer the careers than guys did now like they were they were lifting for you know uh 15 years instead of you see guys like in the sport for you know three to five years now and do you think that's just mental burnout or do you think that it's because the gear was protecting you um a little bit more back then i I think it might be both might be a bit of both but i I think that it's probably mostly mental, right? Like for me, I definitely think equipped lifting helped me stay in stay in powerlifting. Okay. Um, it allowed me to kind of work around a hip injury that had been bothering me for a long time. Um, I've gotten back to you know mostly healthy now. It also it gave me a different skill set to learn and develop and be a, a novice at again, which meant that I was able to progress in it very rapidly, which is very fun. It's very rewarding, you know, like you see the numbers go up every week, um, simply from learning the equipment better, getting better in that sort of different strength curve. Um, so I think there's a lot of that to it that, that sort of prevents that staleness of training. You throw on the equipment and it's a whole new lifting experience, you know, 
you might be fighting, you know, tooth and claw for two and a half kilo raw squat PR. But uh, if you throw on the equipment, you learn keys. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's twenty kilos, forty kilos, a hundred kilos. If you get real good, like, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun and it's rewarding and, and motivating to have that kind of success in something over again. Absolutely. You kind of remember why you fell in love with lifting in the first place, and it's that progress and that ability to kind of build on something and improve yourself and to see that improvement reflected in a really objective measure like weight on the bar. Right? Absolutely. Like, I know for myself, like, my best ever, I haven't tested it since uh, national, or before nationals, but my my best ever um, raw bench is 315. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so, yesterday in the gym, uh, Avi had me do three singles at 205 kilos. So, that's uh, quite a bit of a difference, right? <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah. you're like, it's fun handling those big weights, right? Like, it's... Yeah. kind of intimidating like it's kind of you know gets your heart racing a little bit and uh it's just a like it's hard to explain to people who have never done geared lifting like what it is because they're thinking like oh the gear doesn't gear does all the work or whatever right but it's like it's a different thing yeah. like after you get up from the bar you're like holy shit I felt like you just got your ass kicked right <laughs> like your eyes feel like they're gonna blow yeah. out of your head and you got like uh yeah. what's it called blowing blood vessels all over your neck and stuff and you know, the next day you look like uh, Deadpool because your face is all speckled. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I look like I got like when I get a lot of sun, I get really bad freckles. Oh yeah. And when I blow all the blood vessels out of my face, <laughs> it looks the same. Yeah. So I just get like freckles all around my eyes and cheeks and stuff. One time, uh, it was my during my nationals prep, I blew like a blood vessel in my eye, and it like literally half my eye was red. Mm. And people at work were like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And I was like. Believe it or not, this was uh, my hobby. <laughs> like, yeah. They're like, oh, cool. There's a, so there's, there's a legendary picture of Adrian Locke. And uh, I don't know if you know like those Cold Lake guys, like Brody and Adrian. I know Adrian. Okay, yeah. So Adrian's from Cold Lake, and there used to be this uh, this powerlifting club there, the Cold Lake Barbenders. Okay. And they were they were some good old boys, man. Like these, <laughs> these guys, and, and shout out to Brody if he's listening. He's a good dude. Um, they convinced Adrian to throw a suit on one day, and I think God. at the time he had like a mid five raw squat. They were like, "Bro, throw a suit on. You're gonna squat 700 today." <laughs> First time in a suit ever. Oh God! And there is like, I think the video of the, of the squat is out there somewhere. Like he hit the bottom, stopped three times on the way up, was like twisting. No, he squatted it. Holy fuck! And there's this picture of his eyes afterwards, and there's literally no white left oh my god they're just straight red eyes it's it's one of the most insane things i've ever seen if you look like (laughs) way back through his instagram i think it's still on there i'll check that out he he went to the doctor and the doctor was like what the hell did you do to yourself i've never seen anything like so in my life that's fucking awesome but yeah like just legendary yeah that's badass a little twisted i think he yeah you have to be kind of a masochist to want to uh (laughs) to want to equip lift because like powerlifting it like raw powerlifting itself is already like you're beating yourself up you know you're you're training hard you're beating yourself up and uh and to you know throw an extra layer on top of it like you're getting your elbows all cut up from the seams and you're getting ripped up from the seams and yeah and you're you know like today at work like i was like man i could really use a nap just because i quit bench yesterday fucking i'm so tired right 
but yeah, uh, Adrian's a Adrian's a character, man. Like he showed up to nationals and he didn't even have a CCS done. He's like doing his CCS <laughs> right before weigh-ins. He's doing it in the lineup. He's like, he's a character, man. That guy's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then that was that club. That that club was just like a bunch of Adrians, basically. Oh, and just like, yeah, I trained in Brody's garage back in the day. One time, I went up there, and uh, like you, it was it was probably the size of my office here. Just one rack, a couple pieces of other equipment, and like you couldn't see the other side of the gym because there was so much chalk dust. Wow! You couldn't hear each other because there was some crazy ass metal blaring so loud. And it was just like you were not about to let the guy on the other side of the bar, like lift five pounds more than you. It was so like, like it didn't matter what you had programmed <laughs> that day; you were going to do as much as everybody else, if not more. And that was just like the prevailing attitude. It was it was surreal. Kind of like um, a West Side like, barbell attitude. I was going to say it's like what I imagine West Side, and I, I wouldn't last in an environment like that. But it sure was fun to visit. <laughs> as a coach, you're like, fuck, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think, yeah, sometimes you just gotta send it, right? Isn't that what the kids say these days? Full send. Nelk boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I guess, uh, like, what do you, I don't know, like, I think you're partially responsible for it, but I think, um, wh- what do you think is is uh, responsible for this resurgence of equipped powerlifting in Canada? Like, um, it's it's coming back pretty strong. Like, we have, like, I think we have, like, I think we have seven guys going on for the junior team, and then we have I think like maybe four or five girls too, and yeah, and it's uh, it's blowing up pretty fast, right? Like, I think a lot more people are getting it back in, like maybe not getting back into the gear, but they're getting into the gear for the first time. Like, you're the reason I started doing it because I I was watching your YouTube and I was like, oh, looks fun and stuff so why not sweet man I'm, I'm happy to hear that yeah and i talked to avi about it uh obviously you know avi and he was like yeah i have like 17 17 old bench shirts i'll send you <laughs> i was like cool man and That's so sweet. uh yeah i ordered all my my gear up and all that stuff and started doing it and i was like this fucking hurts but about thousand dollars in now so i can't not do it and uh yeah. went went and did a meet in it and it was fun and I didn't really realize the difference of uh, pacing the warm-ups, and it right, it burned yeah. me a bit on the squat. And uh, but it, all in all, it was a good meet. I went seven for nine, which is okay for wow. equipped lifting. It's great for a first equipped meet. Yeah, usually it's uh, three for nine if you're good, <laughs> lucky. <laughs> yeah. And then and then nationals, I did uh, went eight for nine, and and it worked good. But um, I'm really loving the equipped lifting, man. Like I'm I'm really torn. Uh, I'm at a crossroads here because I have, I think I have two more years left in junior and I want, I want to do my last year junior raw cause I want to go to raw worlds junior, but Mm -hmm. I'm doing equipped worlds this year and I don't know what I'll do next year, but I'm not sure. Like it's really hard to choose what I want to do equipped or raw. Right. So I think, I think, um, there's quite a few lifters that are doing the equipped and raw thing. But I think the best uh, route would be maybe three-year blocks, like do three years equipped or two years equipped, three years yeah. raw, you know, that kind of deal. What do you think? Yeah, about I think dedicating like enough time to it is probably a big thing. To get good at it, um, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And to like not get rusty and make rookie mistakes like wrapping your knees too early. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's, it's definitely possible to kind of maintain both, but depending on how your training's structured, 
Yeah, you probably want to like invest some time to actually see some growth, to see some improvement. Um, and when you get to a certain point where you're looking at going to international level competitions, like that progress probably isn't coming as quickly as maybe it once did. So you have to invest a little bit more time to actually see something measurable, um, to have that increase and, and feel like, uh, I, I mean, for me, uh, going and doing a big meet, like I want to see an increase on my total, you know, for like sure. I want to see some, uh, some improvement. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons I've gravitated more towards, uh, like competing less throughout the years because I want to have time to create, uh, an improvement and see, see that improvement actualized on the platform. Fair enough. Um, do you think, uh, sorry, I, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but uh, what, what, what do you think is responsible for the resurgence of the equipped lifting? Um, so I like, I like to call it the equipped renaissance. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I think that it's been a long time coming. Um, even when I got into equipment, like I don't know if you know who Eric Willis is. I do. Yeah, I hope so, because he's, he's the only male classic world champion I think Canada's ever produced. <laughs> he is. Um, he's my competition in 10, 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, Eric Willis was, was playing around in a shirt, and you would see, like, these little sprinklings of people trying this stuff out, and, and you'd, you'd see that and kind of think, oh, you know, that kind of looks like fun. So I think the more people are exposed to it, the more interest people have. Um, one of the big things that I've tried to do with our channel, at least in part, is is to give people that exposure. Um, so maybe maybe I'm responsible for part of it. Maybe Calgary Barbell is responsible for part of it. But I also think there's an aspect of it where we're getting to the point where there's a number of people like me who have been, you know, powerlifting for that like seven or eight year mark and looking for ways to to mix things up and to, like I said, kind of reignite. That, that fire and motivation of, of seeing progress and learning something new, but within the confines of, you know, still squatting, benching, and deadlifting. So I think it becomes kind of a natural progression uh, for some people. And for others, it's probably a, a matter of experience, or, or sorry, uh, exposure. Mm-hmm. So there's probably a lot of different reasons. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully we're responsible for a few people trying yeah. it out at least definitely are because uh i've talked to a couple guys juniors and they're like yeah it's brace and i was like me too sweet <laughs> awesome but awesome. Uh, that's really cool <laughs> so you're a guy who's uh who's been you know dealt the injury card a couple times mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh you know a lot of a lot of guys like they'll they'll get injured and they'll be like it'll really question their motivation for the sport you know and uh, I think that happens to everybody. Like when you had your hip injury, you're probably like, "Fuck!" Like, how bad do I want this, right? But you kind of find it within yourself to uh, to rise to the occasion. But how do you motivate yourself to, you know, when you're, you know, you can't squat or you can't bench for some reason because of pain? How do you uh, find the motivation to work around it and work through it? So I think for me, if I can, if I can find a way to win, even just like a perceived win. Maybe I didn't actually do better, but I like feel better about a result of of some kind. Um, that to me helps helps kind of keep things going. So you know, I, I went in and I think the most recent time because what I did was I essentially reset my squat a number of times and tried to 
progress it back up and then I run into the pain again and I reset again tried to progress it back up and, and there were a number of sort of iterations of that but each time I was climbing back up again I was I was feeling good about things and I was feeling better and feeling like I was making progress even if it was for the second or third time and I was still you know squatting 220 for a, a single uh, when you know my, my best raw squats 315 so I was being a ways off but being able to go from say 225 to 230 Mm-hmm. Like that, there, there's something in that ability. Like, okay, I've gotten just this little bit better. Injury PR. And like I, exactly, <laughs> and, and like I was saying earlier, I think that's one of the biggest things that a lot of people who are in it for the long haul. Um, and I've talked to to my coach. I'm coached by Mike Tashir. I was just going to get into that after. I, I've talked to him about um, sort of what it is that that you know our why with powerlifting. Um, and I think he and I are, are similar in that it's it's that progression. It's hunting, hunting that sort of extra two and a half kilos or five kilos on the bar. And uh, like for Mike, it's it's now like front squats. He, <laughs> he loves he's them. Not doing, he's not doing a lot of back squats. He's got a similar injury or injuries to what I have or had. Um, so he decided to okay, I'm going to treat front squat like a competition lift because I just love lifting and I love getting better and I love progressing. So if you can find those things in your training, even if it's not ever or progressing on your best, it's still progressing. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Like I've been dealing with a, uh, a bit of like a, I don't know, like a TFL injury, uh, slash adductor when it hurts to, when I get into the hole of the squat, it just hurts. And it, it was happening Mm -hmm. during my, um, my prep for nationals and it was kind of an old injury that reflared up. I had a, uh, avulsion fracture when I was in grade 10 and, uh, for oh, the, yeah, okay. for, for those that don't know, that's when your tendon pulls on the bone and it like peels part of the bone off. Um, and it just created a bunch of scar tissue and I had a pretty aggressive prep for nationals cause we were prepping for the two meets in the day. Right. So mm-hmm. it was very, yeah, seriously, it was very aggressive and I just aggravated it and I had to keep pushing through. And it never hurt while I was in gear, which was the nice thing. Okay. But yeah. it only hurt when I was in when I was squatting raw, and uh, I think I just aggravated it too much. And my massage therapist, he actually was feeling it, and he's like, "You have a protrusion on your hip," and I was like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> he's like, "Wait," and it moved, and he's like, "Wait, that's not that's not your hip bone, that's scar tissue." And he said it was the most dense piece of scar tissue he's ever seen on a human. So I was like fucking wow. achievement unlocked i guess <laughs> like congratulations cool. yeah yeah so uh <laughs> we've been working on breaking that down but the one th- my my point is um my my raw bench press needed work and my bench press needed work so um i just focused my efforts there and uh when you know it's just like i think a lot of especially young lifters uh i think a lot of young people nowadays just have like a a pretty weak mindset and they give up too easy, you know? And uh, and if you just, you know, if you run into a little bit of adversity, you know, maybe you can't take it head on, but just try to maneuver around it and uh, work on something else. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think a lot of people could benefit from, from that kind of attitude. And uh, like you said, just tr- finding small victories and, and those small victories add up, you know, incrementally over time. Absolutely. So... Um, Going off that point, um, back to Eric Willis. One of the he and I have had, had many drinks um, <laughs> between the two of us over the years, 
Um, but one of the things he told me was the best thing he ever did for his bench was hurt his back. Oh, yeah? Like, he couldn't he couldn't squat, he couldn't deadlift, so all he could do was bench. So he's benched and benched and benched, and now he's got, I don't even know, like a 230, 235 kilo bench. Yeah. Uh, raw. So, I mean, that, again, is one of those things where he was like, well, what can I do? Yeah. You know? Um, and the other thing is, I don't know if you've ever read this or seen it, but Ryan Stinn made a post on Facebook uh, like three, four years ago. And uh, he, this is where he coined his kind of slogan, climb your hill. Yeah. That is still to this day one of my favorite sort of pieces anybody's ever uh, kind of put together about powerlifting and just facing that adversity um, and understanding like why people get deterred from powerlifting and understanding what it takes to be one of those people that sticks with it past that sort of, you know, first hill, if you will. For sure. Um, but that's, there's a lot of wisdom in that. So anybody listening, if you haven't, I don't even know how you would find it, but look through Ryan Stin's <laughs> old Facebook posts or stuff. Creep him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, and that's, I watched your YouTube video the other day that you, you posted. And if you haven't seen that video, uh, people who are listening, go to Calgary Barbell on YouTube and watch that one. It's, um, it's how to stay like longevity in the sport, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, you were talking about your Lotus of control. Locus. Yeah. Locus of control. Sorry. Lotus yeah. is a, uh, a bug, but, um, your locus of control. And I really liked that man. Like I've been talking to my friends about that. and I've been saying that for a long time and I was coach. I had the, I had the really, uh, the, uh, the fortune of being coached by Matt and Susie Gary at, uh, Abby's nationals. Cause he was, He's my coach, but he was obviously busy with hosting nationals. So mm-hmm. he's like, I'll just get you the best coach in the world to game day coach in the world and they'll be fine. And I was like, perfect. So, yeah. um, I actually, I was really fortunate to, to be able to be coached by them at a very young age. And they were saying, you know, the only thing I want you to worry about on game day is your attitude and your effort and attempt selection we take care of. Right. And yeah. so, and they're obviously the masters of attempt selection, but that's one thing that really stuck with me. Um, you know, you'll, you'll meet some people that just have an effect on you, right? And uh, they're, they're two people that I really look up to, and they just had this effect on me, man. And that always stuck with me. I have it written on my vision board over there. It's this attitude and effort, right? Mm-hmm. Two things you can always control in any situation is attitude and effort. Yeah. And I love that going into meets, going into anything, it's so transferable, and that's one thing I love about powerlifting is, uh, is you know, you learn it broadly and you can see it in all things, right? Mm-hmm. That's one yeah. thing I really like about that. I don't know how I got to that point, but whatever. I, I, I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, <laughs> so we just we just kind of wrapped up shooting and, and are doing some of the final edits on the uh, – we, we made a documentary yeah. uh, about, about powerlifting and about my journey through powerlifting and kind of – uh, a lot, a lot of those things that you just spoke about. So, um, one of the big sort of points that we wanted to convey is just how much powerlifting can offer you outside of the gym, in terms of your attitude towards taking on challenge and adversity in your life, um, and how how powerlifting has has made me a, a better person for being able to learn those things. Doing yeah. this. How uh, speaking about the documentary, I actually have that mm-hmm. written down in my notes. Um, <laughs> How, uh, you know, I heard, like, a couple months back, you guys were doing a contest for this, um, well, you can tell it better than me, uh, go ahead and tell the listeners about how this documentary came to be, 
um, you know, about Dylan and how you guys started working together and then when the documentary comes out and where people can find it, maybe. Sure. Um, so Dylan is the, the guy behind the camera at Calgary Barbell. He and I ran into each other when we were going to school uh, at Mount Royal and kind of started training together and then it snowballed into us filming some tips and tricks videos, which then kind of turned into Calgary Barbell, which is, is uh, our YouTube channel. So... Dylan uh, is, is connected with a few other, I, I guess, visual artists and people sort of in that realm. And somebody, you know, told them about this story hive, it's called. Um, and it's a, it's a project funded by TELUS where they take films. Um, they do different styles. I think there's a music video one. There's a documentary one. There's a, a couple other ones. But anyway, so we got the idea um, to enter into this sort of uh, contest, I guess, um, to win a grant from TELUS to make a documentary. So we uh, entered it, and they chose, <clears throat> I think, three uh, entrants based on a judges panel and three based on popular vote. So we like really kind of tried to push <laughs> all of our all of our social media influence um, to get people to vote for us every day, and people responded incredibly. Uh, we're very very thankful for that. I voted every day. Um, and we ended up, what's that, sorry? I voted every day. Yes, thank you, man. Thank you. I think a lot of people did. It's, and that's, again, that's just so cool that people are willing to do that. Um, and we ended up being one of the, the entrants chosen based on popular vote. So uh, we received a, a bunch of funding from TELUS and had kind of set to work on, on putting together this documentary. Originally, it was going to kind of be the story of Bryce and, like, how does a person get to be an elite athlete? Um, and then it just kind of turned into a lot more. It turned into more of a, a sort of exploration of some of the benefits of powerlifting at any level. So the, the, the ways that it can teach you about life, um, the ways that powerlifting in the end and in the long run it has nothing to do with lifting weights. Um, just a lot of those kinds of topics we try to explore using using me as a bit of an example um so we're super excited like i said we're kind of finishing up some of the last edits and uh it should be out sometime in july sweet man that's awesome yeah i'm uh, very very excited i'm happy to be getting back to putting a lot of effort back into the youtube videos which (laughs) all kind of got put on the back burner while we focused on this thing well it's it's like it's kind of like i was talking to you about this at nationals but it's kind of like the the updated version of power unlimited you know uh uh, if if it got to that point even for a few people um i would be i would be so incredibly happy i think it's gonna take off man is uh is one of those films that i watched uh i think i just watched it again the other day after i finished westside versus the world for the second (laughs) or third time um but like power unlimited is a it's canon for me. You know what I mean? Like oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. something that I've watched so many times. It's uh, the um, Bible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just such a cool thing to have a film exploring powerlifting for me. Um, you know, there wasn't uh, maybe as much YouTube content when I first got into things. And this was one of the coolest things I've ever, uh, ever watched at least at, at that point in time. So yeah, if, if anybody listening hasn't, you can go on YouTube and watch Power Unlimited Got it. and uh, watch all the great interviews with guys like Kurt Karwaski talking about throwing 45-pound plates at people and just being a general <laughs> rageaholic. <laughs> My favorite ever part of that movie is when Scott Mendelson's sitting in his office chair and he's like, he's fucking like overflowing in this thing, man. He's like yeah. 400 pounds 
and he's like talking to his competition. He's like, so be ready. Cause I'll be ready. That's my fucking favorite, man. That gets me so fired up for meets and shit. Oh uh, yeah, there's some, some beauty. <laughs> there's some absolute gems. Over. Yeah. But uh, I squatted a thousand pounds once. Maybe not to uh, competition depth, but you know, still felt like a freaking condominium on my back. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the best quotes, man. Or he's like, he's like, uh, you know, I do bench only just because uh, I do a quarter of the work and and get all the credit for it. <laughs> He's like, uh, I don't do uh, I don't do three lift because I don't wanna. It's like he's just like such a character, man. Yeah. But uh, I think I think you guys over at Calgary Barbell, um, because you have Dylan, he's a great uh, you know video man, and you're he's obviously uh, you're obviously um, you know a very high level athlete. Um, you guys have like a, a cool opportunity to kind of make a like maybe maybe it's not um this documentary but you guys have a really cool opportunity to be able to make and maybe like a power unlimited volume two in the future you know mm-hmm. that would be i think that'd be really cool because there's you know you obviously have have connections with uh with guys uh all over the world from going to these world events and and you know um uh, being a coach and and all these different things and uh you know you have these connections with guys like Mike T and, and all these different guys. You can make a really cool video, uh, or a really good mo- good movie. You know, I think that would be something that we've kind of toyed with the idea of, conceptualized, tossed around a little bit. Uh, would be you know doing something broader uh, about the sport itself. Um, Powerlifters it want it, be, man. It would be really really cool to be able to do that. Like, uh, we'll see. Like, we'll see what happens. You think about it, like. If, uh, if like West Side Barbells like this, uh, this like, it reminds me of like when you, you know, go pick up this book from like 1855 and blow off the dust and, and it's like, let's dive into how, uh, how the fucking elves and orcs used to battle, you know, like it's just like this like old methodical, you know, place in another realm, but I think a lot of powerlifters want that. Like, look at like look at how many guys watch Westside vs. World that can't relate to it in the way, it, like, it was multi-ply lifting. But it's powerlifting, and people want that. They want it, right? Like, that's why people are watching your YouTube, because they want to know about powerlifting. They want, like, I, I, I don't give a fuck. I ordered Westside vs. the World on fucking Amazon for $25. Like, whatever. Yeah. I want to watch about powerlifting. I've seen Power Limited six fucking times on YouTube, and it's grainy as shit. Like, (laughs) you could make a lot of money doing that, uh, doing that documentary, man. If you guys like, if you did a legit Power Limited Volume Two or whatever, you know, you could you could make a sick, an absolutely dope video. Um, and like, so West Side versus the World, I thought was a fantastic film. Uh, it was it was well done. It was it was interesting, um, and it was it was powerlifting, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not anything that uh, anything that I can relate to too heavily. Yeah. You know, like that's not my mentality. That's not my uh, beliefs. That's not my training style. <laughs> but if you don't show up, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, there are, I think, some takeaways in terms of. Um, even just the intensity and the focus. It's history, you know, right? Like, uh, there, there's some cool stuff that those guys did, and I think, um, I think there's, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due, and they were, 
they were doing some really cool things despite uh, some of their shortcomings perhaps well you learn you... The, the film was great yeah absolutely and you learn you learn where the sport came from right like um there's a quote i forget who said it but to know where um to know where you're going you must know where you came from mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. it it's uh it's just cool like the history and those guys were crazy like i talked to matt wenning a couple weeks ago and he was telling me about how like chuck vogelpaul was in there and he was like the most intense man ever and and they were yeah. just doing some crazy shit and it not wasn't necessarily louis that was you know he was the ringleader but it wasn't necessarily Louie, it was all the guys in there and how they were pushing each other and just like Adrian Locke's fucking garage, man. They're just like, they're just like, you're not going to beat me and that's it, you know? And yeah. they, they got some crazy numbers from that, like whether their methods work for raw powerlifting is another thing, but um, they, de- they definitely, you know, the attitude they had was definitely um, resulting in, in numbers going up, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I think that would be a cool opportunity that you have uh, you have with Dylan there. I think you guys should do that in the future. But you're coached by Mike T, and uh, how long have you been working with him and uh, his method? Tell me a little bit about his method because I'm not too familiar with his. I know he's got like the um, emerging strategies method, right? It's right. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Um, so I've been working with Mike for I want to say four years now. It's been a bit, um, and yeah, one of the things that he's recently kind of developed or, or brought to light and popularized is uh, sort of a method of, of bottom-up periodization. So a lot of times when we think about periodization, we're coming from a, a sort of macro cycle standpoint where we're laying out, you know, six months, four months, however many months worth of training. So starting from the largest piece and building down into the smaller pieces and then eventually creating the microcycle. The, uh, the concept behind is emerging strategies and behind um, the sort of bottom-up periodization, uh, and he's got a great YouTube video on this that will explain it probably much better than I can do <laughs> justice. Uh, but the, the sort of gist of it is by working from the bottom up, we can react to new information as it comes and essentially come up with contingency plans and try to mitigate um, you know, adverse effects as we train, as well as learn more about truly and, and to a great extent individualizing the work um, to get the best results for the, the specific lifter, as opposed to trying to come up with a big plan that the lifter then has to fit into. It's all based around how does the lifter react to these, this, this set of stimulus we repeat it, and then we start to compare uh, block to block to come up with trends. And, okay, you know, when Billy does pause squats versus pin squats, we see more increase in his competition squat. Therefore, we can probably guess that pause squats work a little bit better for you, at least right now. Okay, so it's kind and of... things like that. It's kind of more tailored for you individually. That's the the sort of goal of it, yes. Is, cool. Is, really sort of hyper individualizing training cool you know i find it really interesting how um you know like some guys will be like conjugate you know conjugate it's the only way and some people will be like you know fucking five three one or whatever like i i find like i think the smartest people don't um stick to one lane and i think that like uh, i like to 
I like to dip my finger in everybody's or dip my spoon in everybody's uh, everybody's stew. You know what I mean? And sure, and kind of yeah. make a big gumbo of my own. But um, I like yeah, I like just being open to different different uh, different strategies. But I think Mike T's strategy is absolutely one of the best out there. He's uh, yeah. and it's it's hard to argue with. Like right, like he's po- he's posted so many world champions and you know world level athletes. And he's a guy I'd like to get on here one day. I'd like to talk yeah. to, but, uh, what, you know, where do you see yourself? I kind of asked you about this already with the equip lifting, but where do you see yourself in like five years? Do you think, uh, you know, with, are you going to, are you going to, you ever see yourself going over to, um, doing any like, uh, untested stuff or do you think you're going to stay with the IPF or what? Uh, I think at this point in my career, I'm pretty set with, uh, where I'm at on, on that spectrum. Um, I think I've sort of made my choices and decided where I'm going to be, um, in terms of whether or not I would choose to be an enhanced athlete. I want to see you pull 500,000 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just, at this point, um, and then that's kind of a, been a, a change that I've gone through over the past maybe four or five years, um, maybe even two or three years. But uh, going from being completely obsessed with powerlifting and thinking that powerlifting is my life and is who I am yeah. to now understanding powerlifting as, as a part of my identity yeah. um, and as, as a part of who I am and a part of what I do, despite the fact that it is my career and my passion and most of my social experience and, <laughs> you know, like it consumes most of my time on any given day, but uh, it's not my whole life yeah. and I think that for me, the idea of being the very best, which I think is what, like, choosing to do that for me, choosing to, to take drugs, if we just speak plainly, would be a decision like, okay, I'm going to do this to be the best in the world. Yeah. Because that's, to me, that's the only sort of trade-off for, you know, the potential yeah. uh, ramifications, both legal and, and health-wise. Yeah. Um, so if that's not my long-term goal, then to me, the, the sort of, risk reward just doesn't check out fair enough um so i'm I'm happy to continue competing in the ipf um and to you know not take drugs and to not necessarily even be the best in the ipf i i like for me that the biggest reward and the biggest sort of uh driver and motivation is to be in the mix yeah you know i want to be in there in there making third attempt deadlift changes and, and jostling for position. And if I come out just off the podium, so be it. If I come out on top of the podium, that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me being in there and feeling competitive and feeling engaged and, and, and that kind of thing and challenged, like that's really what it's all about when it comes to the competition. So in a long winded way, that's kind of where I see myself is hopefully hanging on and being competitive for a number more years. Cool, man. I think like that's a that's a huge thing is I think it comes with just with time and maturity but separating yourself from you know Bryce the powerlifter from Bryce the husband to Bryce the coach you know um people talk about like multiple personalities and shit like that <laughs> but uh you know being being able to to not be married to one identity you know what I mean mm-hmm. um like yeah. Or I think a big thing is is understanding that all those little pieces are just a part of 
the identity, right? Like, Absolutely. It's not like any one of those things defines you. I For sure. To define a person would be a very tough thing to do. How, uh, how philosophical of us. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I did just speak with my sports psychologist this morning, so a lot of this stuff is fresh in my mind. Who do you, uh, who do you work with? Uh, so I work with a guy named Hugh Gilmore. Okay. Uh, he's from the UK somewhere. I think he might be Irish. Oh, cool. Not entirely sure. That's Bryce. Um, <laughs> but I heard his name through uh, through uh, Bryce Lewis. Had spoke about him a couple times. I talked to Mike T about him, um, and both had great things to say. And with me, you know, trying to make a push towards the World Games, I felt like that was something that I'd like to investigate: is how I can better perform psychologically, cool. um, and how I can sort of be a better coach psychologically and just learn more about some of the interactions of sports psychology and powerlifting. So, uh, he's got some kind of cool stuff on YouTube, just like little snippets, but, uh, podium psychology is his company. So, cool. uh, if you're interested, you could probably check out some of his stuff. He's, he's pretty like just straight to it. You know, um, he's not, not overly philosophical or, or, yeah. you know, hippie kind of esoteric in his language <laughs> or anything like that. He just kind of says it how it is and gives you an example of, about pepperoni versus pizza. <laughs> and probably, you know, it breaks it down in terms of powerlifters understand. So he goes, we're going to listen uh, to yeah. whale sounds for 35 minutes and you're going to transfer me $57,000. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a lot more rewarding and definitely not that expensive. So. Cool. Um, yeah, that's something I've been kind of looking into was uh, hypnotism. There's a guy, he's my barber actually, and he's got, I, saw, I was looking on his wall when I was getting my hair cut, and it says uh, hypnotist. He's got his like degree in hypnotism or whatever, and I was like, oh, like, tell me about that. And he's like, well, you know, like I've, I can cure people of their like fear of spiders or like fear of needles, whatever. And I was like, oh, cool. Do you think you, have you ever worked with athletes? He's like, no, but I'm, I mean, I've gotten people scared of like, or not like, taking their fear away of like public speaking and like, you know, being afraid of stuff like that. And I was like, like, I'm not, I'm never nervous for competition, but I think, uh, I think just having like Mike Tyson, when he was a little kid, custom auto hypnotized him to never be scared of anybody when he was in the ring. And he was obviously very ferocious, right? So I've been kind of like toying with this idea of getting hypnotized and just being like absolutely fearless of, of any weight and any attempt, right? And I've I've been thinking about just like trying this out, and I kind of want to do a little like experiment with it. I don't know how. Uh... I'd be very interested to see how that went. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do it um, before Worlds here and and uh, see if it it pays off at all. I think it'd be cool. So I had I did a like an Instagram poll and a couple people uh, questions rather, and a couple people had a couple questions and. Um, one was from Mayhar. He said, ask Bryce about MTS. And I said, okay, <laughs> what are your thoughts uh, on MTS? I don't even know what to say, man. Mayhar and I have an interesting relationship. We, uh, we troll each other pretty hard. <laughs> he pretty me. So it's, right. uh, it's one of those things. I don't want to give him too much attention because he's a, you know, he's, he May- enough. he's Mayhar. So anyway, yeah. second question was, how do you, uh, Stay so upright in the low bar squat. Um, I don't know that it's a conscious choice for me to like, <laughs> try to hold an upright position. It just seems to be where things feel the best. Okay. Um, I don't know that like being upright is a thing that should be chased for the sake of being upright. 
But if being upright feels better than leaning forward, then you know you should work towards being more upright. Uh, I think one of the biggest things to to give you an actual answer uh, in terms of holding my trunk positioning is is just really focusing on trying to uh, bring my shoulder blades into a strong position and trying to cue myself to feel some sort of connection between uh, my upper back through to my hips. So really, really focusing on bracing specifically uh, as it refers to a lot of the pieces that fit right under where the bar sits. Okay. Yeah. And then... Uh, kind of a, a quick answer. Okay, hopefully that answers their question good enough. If not, it sucks to be them. Um, <laughs> and then the third question was, uh, do you do a lot of lower back work? Um, uh, I deadlift a okay. lot. Fair enough. Um, I actually, I don't do much if any specific core work uh outside of you know just doing the lifts doing some uh stiff legs or, or rdls or good mornings uh and things like that i generally tend towards the compound side of things cool cool um i've been doing a lot of uh, direct arm and shoulder work oh i can tell trying, trying not to look like a string bean anymore but uh <laughs> Well, that's about all the isolation work I do. You you have like an interesting like background. Like, you weren't always this uh, you know big intimidating man. You were more of a <laughs> like a, a like a like you were in like a punk band, weren't you? Like a like a rock, like I'm a metal, metal band. band you know? yeah, yeah. So like I, I saw the pictures of you. You were like you weren't like a big guy before. You were like no. You're, you've always, you've been a tall guy, but you weren't necessarily like a pretty like you know big guy. So yeah, I think in, in high school I was about this height and I think I was about 155, 160 pounds. Jesus Christ. So, Did, uh, and you walk around at like 240 now, I'm assuming? Uh, yeah, thereabouts. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little heavier. Okay. Depends on uh, how many, how right many beers. Now, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Depends how many li- lines of cookies I've had. <laughs> yeah. Costco cookies, man, they get you Kirkland. <laughs> they get you every yeah. time. Um, but, uh, but cool. Do you uh, when you when you go to the when you go to Costco and you're going through the till uh, do you get a lot of looks because you're you know a bigger guy and you got like full tattoos? <laughs> I actually don't even shop at Costco. I was just at a family function recently and, and happened upon those like white chocolate macadamia nuts in the in the Kirkland three pack and was like just doing my best to hold off from crushing a full like line of them like eight to ten cookies <laughs> just trying to leave some for everybody else. And, yeah. It's just one of those things, man. Those things are I'm committing, very, very addictive. I'm committing to 120 plus, and we'll see you there, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about the plus. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you ever see yourself going into the 120s at all, or are you going to think you're going to stay at 105? I see it. <laughs> I see it. Depends on how many cookies there are. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, we'll see. Cool. Well, uh, that's about all the questions I have for you and and cool. stuff. Do you have any other uh, any other things you'd like to talk about or anything you'd like to plug your business, your coaching, and um, where people can find you if they're interested in coaching? Yeah, so I mean, all all that is is pretty readily available through calvarybarbell.com. Uh, we have some apparel. We're gonna be launching new apparel pretty quick here. Cool. Um, within a week or two, actually, uh, should be like. First or second weekend in June, we haven't really figured our shit out yet. We're <laughs> kind of all over the place <laughs> uh, with that. Um, and yeah, if you want to get in contact with us for coaching, you can do it through there. If you want to download our free program, 
uh, it's on there as well. Hopefully we'll have a program library of, of sort of for sale stock programs before long. And uh, you can find us on YouTube and Instagram, just Calvary Barbell. Cool, man. Oh, yeah. and uh, one other thing. My friend, Bryce, my other Bryce friend, um, okay. remember I told you about him at... Bryce Thompson? No, this is Bryce, my friend. Uh, we took a Snapchat for at Nationals. Uh, oh, okay, okay. He, uh, he really wanted to be here and sit down on this, but he couldn't. Um, but uh, can you say hi to him for me? <laughs> What's his last name? Bryce Wilson. Bryce Wilson. Hi, Bryce Wilson. Okay, he's going to... It's a shame you couldn't sit in on this one. He's going to blow his load for this one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, um, cool, man. Thanks for... Uh, Thanks for chatting, and uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do a bit of a a brief uh, closing thing here, and then we can. Sure. I'll talk to you in a minute. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. No worries. All right, so that was Bryce uh, Krawcheck. Um, <laughs> butchered his last name again. Um, that's uh, that's that for that podcast. Next week we'll have Shane Martin on. Um, the guy who got Bryce into equip lifting. So thanks for listening, and as usual, stay strong.